So welcome to Food at the Table, the small group podcast with Reverend Kev. Now this is our Christmas episode! We are recording this on Monday, December the 20th. Um, At this point, we are less than uh, five days, uh, four and several hours, uh, technically. But uh, we are almost there. It's, it's, yeah, you're right. Four until yeah, December twenty fourth is Christmas Eve. Yes. Okay. I was counting Christmas Day, and I was like, the math does not add up, right? No. It's it's four and several hours. I don't know. <laughs> it's work. okay, Wayne. I just work here, guys. But I am so excited for Christmas this year. What you doing and, for Christmas this year? Oh, uh, we're just having some little family shindigs, you know. Just getting together, doing our thing. It's going to sound like fun. Tell people what you're doing for Christmas this year. Oh, I am. uh, My wife is flying to her hometown tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Because we uh, currently live like, what, 13 hours? Closer to 16 hours away. (laughs) So I'm flying her up tomorrow and then, uh, well. Right after our Christmas Eve service, on Christmas Eve, I am getting in my car, and I am driving to Iowa. <laughs> and our Christmas Eve service is at, like, what, 5 p.m. Yeah. our time? Might not be out until about 6 p.m., which will be 5 p.m. their time. It's just... Yeah. They'll pray for me, because you guys are going to get this the day before I leave, so uh, pray for me. Yeah. Because that's going to be a ride. It's going to be a drive, for <sighs> sure. Man, I'm so looking forward to it. <laughs> I'm actually really looking forward to go see uh, Kaylee's side of the family because we, we always have a blast while we're up there. Yeah. But after that, we're going to come back and celebrate some Christmas with my family. Heck yeah. Yeah, married life. You got to do two Woo. families. Woo! All right. So, <laughs> so let's kind of head off to our Christmas uh, episode this time. Yeah. Um, we are kind of looking at the nativity story today. Mm-hmm. We're going to be talking about it a little bit more. You know, last week... Uh, our hot take was all about how Christians don't get Christmas right. And so we almost wanted to uh, give you guys the opportunity to uh, be involved in a discussion about uh, the things that are right about the story. We're gonna, we want to show you guys actually what the Bible says about all this. And we're going to even kind of dive into some of these uh, people that are involved in this uh, story. Trying to get that uh, background information because that's one thing we, when we look at the nativity story, we're looking at, you know, we do this a lot of times with the Bible study. We're looking at just words on the page. Mm-hmm. So getting to understand like that cultural context, all the background stuff, like who, who was Mary and Joseph, you know, why is it important yeah. that we get these there? Even to the point, like why are the two gospel nativity stories different? Mm-hmm. And so we're looking at Matthew and Luke today a little bit, just kind of get to know a little bit more about them, and it's going to be outside of our norm, and it's okay. Yeah. But before we dive in, one thing that we have really big coming up, and we're wanting to start off the the new year. We're going to start <laughs> off the new year right. <laughs> I was thinking causing trouble, but it's okay. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, that too. But we're going to start off our year with the Ask a Pastor episode. Mm-hmm. So we're really looking forward to it. But one thing is for certain, we need questions. You know, we got yep. a big influx of it. We're looking through the questions. A lot of those will be aired, but questions are always welcome. Absolutely. You know, we want you guys to be a part of the, the story. We want you guys to be a part of the small group. In fact, uh-huh. actually, one of y'all messaged us 
on our Instagram, and it really, yes. it really made our day. It absolutely did. Oh, like, it was just the level of encouragement that we get from you guys. Mm-hmm. And you guys don't understand. Like, you could be like, hey, you guys are doing great. And you'd be like, hey, that was just something simple to us. You know, that's awesome. That's a big deal. And you guys really need to understand. I, I want you guys to understand that level uh-huh. because that's – we're not in this for the praise. We're not this in this for the glory. We're not even this in this for the fame. Like, mm-hmm. that's not the reason why we got into this. But we're really appreciative when you guys encourage us. It. It helps us to know that we are doing something right. Yeah. You know, it's, it's good to see, uh, the, the other side of what we're putting out. Yeah. Because we, we don't get to know you guys that much. Mm-hmm. You guys listen to us a lot. You guys will hear our stories a lot, but reach out to us. Cause we want to hear your Absolutely. stories. The one who actually reached out to us, you told us a little bit about her and mm-hmm. how she stumbled across our podcast. And it was awesome because she, from what she said, she summed across our podcast and she was like, Hey, I just kept listening to you guys. And she was on, I think two weeks ago's episode. Uh, something like that. I'm pretty sure. And it was just amazing. I was like, somebody's actually listening to us. Guys? Say, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we have fans. What's going on? <laughs> what is this life? I thought our big small group was called big because I'm in it. So, uh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Oh, Lord, help us. But, guys, we want you guys to be a part of the story, be a part of the small group. So, anytime you guys get a chance, reach out to us. Kevin, how can they do that? Yeah, guys, if uh, you're on Facebook or Instagram, uh, shoot us a DM or a comment or anything at Food at the Table Podcast. If you're on Twitter, we're at Food at the Table. Wayne's up on TikTok. He's got his QA session going. Uh, Look him up, Rev.Wayne. And, uh,. If you are feeling uh, very professional-minded, uh, you can send us an email at foodatthetablepodcast at gmail.com. One of these days, I'm just going to hand you one of my ties and be like, here you go, Kevin, put this on for this. Because it's always like that. We always do the gesture. We we always uh, like grab up by our uh, collars or whatever. and Our imaginal, uh, imaginary ties. Yeah, adjust the... F- not real tie. <laughs> One of these days we're going to be like actually do this on video as well. And we won't have to explain all of our inside jokes. Yes. They're just going to see them. And it's going to be great. Which will make it far better. But also far more intimidating because you guys will actually see us. And we'll be like, oh no, we actually have to dress up nicely for our podcast today. <laughs> now nah, we're we'll we'll <laughs> uh, we, But as we kind of head off with, oh, actually something. That I want to. Say, I got a notification today, Kevin. You got a notification today. Yeah, I got an email. An from, email from UPS. From UPS. Guess what comes in tomorrow? Is it the stickers? <laughs> Our stickers are coming in tomorrow, <laughs> guys. Uh, we have uh, invested in some food at the table. Uh, the small group podcast with Rev and Kev stickers. Uh, so if you are in uh, our area. Keep an eye out because uh, you will be seeing some out and about in the near future. Also, you know what? I'm going to say it. I'm going to put me on the line here, Kevin. Uh Do you want a sticker? Give us a DM. We'll see what we can do. Absolutely. We would love to share the sticker. We'll do what we can. We'll do what we can. And I mean, while we're at it, uh, we've also still got... Uh, 
several business cards uh, that we've been trying to put out and about. Uh, if you uh, aren't in our area and you want one, again, shoot us a DM, shoot us an email, do something, uh, and we'll do what we can to get you some. Hey, if you're on the way from here to Iowa and you get this the day before I leave, just let me know. We'll, we'll uh, see just what we flag them down. <laughs> just be on the interstate and be like, hey, uh, that's not the car. Because I won't tell you what I drive, because that's how you guys triangulate me. We're not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait. But, Ken, let's go ahead and jump into the story real yep, quick. Yep. Let's get going in here, because the nativity story. By now, yeah. a lot of us have heard it. A lot of a lot of us have read it. If you This is if you're in the church. If, if you've grown up in church, this is definitely something that you are extremely familiar with. <laughs> And, you know, even within, like, the American culture, a lot of us have been introduced to, like, the nativity story early on. Yeah. Because you're going to go to go to Walmart, walk down the Christmas aisle, and you're going to see the ornaments of baby well, Jesus with Mary and Joseph. All, all the ornaments, all of the nativity scene decorations. Uh, really, it even if you're not uh, uh, heavily involved in church, you have probably seen some kind of imagery of at least mary joseph and uh six pound eight uh eight ounce little baby jesus eight eight pound six eight pound six ounce or whatever you've seen the tyrannosauruses fighting over the chain the bus saw you know that have you seen that one no they did like the silhouette of mary and joseph over the baby jesus with like the, the glory of god behind them and it looks like Mary, like Mary and Joseph, look like T Rexes fighting over like a table saw, and it's great. I love that. This. <laughs> so weird. This is what happens when you guys don't pay attention to what the silhouettes look like. Other people on the internet pick them out and go, "Hey, <laughs> I know what that looks like. That looks like t- Tyrannosaurus Rexes." And you're like, "It's a T Rex." Wayne, why'd you use the full word? But I mean. <laughs> And I, I don't know why. It's just always, you know, we, we get used to knowing the nativity story so quickly. We uh-huh. care about it. We might hear somebody read it. You know, one thing that uh, Kaylee's family tradition is with her family is her grandpa always reads the nativity story before we open the presents at their family Christmas. And it's a wonderful tradition. I love doing that. And this last year, I was actually, or year before last, last year was COVID. Year before last, her grandpa handed me the Bible and said, hey, Wayne, would you read this? Biggest honor because I'm not even a good child. Like, by the way, my my wife's last name is Good, so that's where that joke comes from. But uh, or maiden name, maiden name. Yes, maiden name. Yeah, we changed her last name when the whole married thing happened. Yep, I forgot about that. Wild how that works, <laughs> huh? <laughs> but see, she doesn't listen to our podcast, so I'm safe, right? <laughs> I uh, say that she's gonna listen to this episode. We're gonna get in trouble. Oh Lord, wait and remember to edit that out. I'm not gonna remember to edit that out. It's okay. But you know, listening to the story, we hear all the time. If you watch anything, uh, even like the Peanuts Christmas movie, Lin- Linus yeah. uh, was sit there and actually quoted Luke chapter two and talked about the nativity story, of the birth of Christ. Uh-huh. So as we jump into the story, I want you guys all kind of. Grasp like the picture that we're holding on to and realize that it's wrong. Mm-hmm. And throw it. No, <laughs> but kind of having that image, you know, this is baby Jesus. This is Mary and Joseph coming to Bethlehem 
mm-hmm. to give birth to the Christ. Take a take a moment to really try and uh, listen to what we're going to read uh, with with fresh ears, uh, like you read it, like uh, you'll be hearing it for the first time. Really, yeah. Put the prejudices away as much as you can, because we have so much that we just assume, mm-hmm. and it's because you know all the different icons that we have. Mm-hmm. Y'all, Mary and Joseph were not white. All right, I keep pushing that, but it's a really important thing to know. We we talked about what we talked about last week for uh, that reason, mm-hmm. and uh, we're we're really wanting to drive home that the story is so much better whenever you just take a step back and look at it fresh. And I'm going to say this. If you, for some reason, are starting with this episode, stop, pause, go back yes. to the last episode. Go, go watch uh, Christians Don't Get Christmas Right. Uh, we'll listen to it. Listen. Uh, oh, no. <laughs> but uh, go check that one out. And then come back to this one. That'll sort of help you get the context of why we're going at this story the way that we are. Yeah. So let's go ahead and jump in. We're going to be in Luke chapter 2. This is 1 through... I want to go through 1 through 7 real quick because it's really getting to that first start here. We get introduced to... In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This is the first registration when uh, Quirinius was governor over Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went out from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with trial. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes, and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the end. Mm-hmm. So we get introduced to the really big opening scene of the nativity story. You know, we get told way back in the day when um, the angel came to Mary and Joseph to tell Mary that she was going to be pregnant oh, yeah. with the baby Jesus. And, you know, when he came to Joseph and said, hey, don't divorce your wife because you thought she was unfaithful. This is of God. God was doing this. Mm-hmm. And guys, all of that is... Uh before the start of chapter two, uh, I'm oh. going to ch- go read that. Yeah. Go check go that out. Um, because there is some amazing stuff in here. We get not only when, uh, Mary was told that she was going to, uh, bear Jesus. Uh, but this is when, uh, uh, Elizabeth and Zechariah, uh, <laughs> are visited and told that they're going to have John and Zechariah goes mute uh, up until John's born and all of the wild things that happen uh, in that section. Really, we do find like my my favorite story there when, you know, the first person to praise the presence of Jesus Christ was John the Baptist in the womb of Elizabeth. I mean, these stories are important. Grab a hold of them and bring them in. Because mm-hmm. if you are like, okay, yes, we're starting off in chapter two on both books. Go read the first chapter of Luke and of Absolutely. Matthew. Catch up. And 
honestly, they're the lineage parts uh, at the very first of, uh, I think, Matthew. Oh, it's Matthew, Matthew, yeah. Yeah. I'm going to ask you guys, if you're not going to do a super detailed read, which I will always suggest, at least give like a skim over it or something, just so that way you can understand uh, how big of a deal that uh, this lineage was. Because you got to remember right here in book two, in chapter two, this is really kind of leads right into the idea. The reason why they were heading to Bethlehem in the first place. Mm. It was because Joseph, who was living up in Nazareth, up in Galilee, got up because he was called by Caesar Augustus, who's the first one. This is Roman emperor of the time, mm-hmm. called in all the families to come be read, registered Why Quirinius was governor over Syria. So this is kind of giving us a timestamp of what's going on. Yeah. This is when this happened because Caesar Augustus was one person that we know historically. Quirinius, mm-hmm. governor over Syria, was only one person in time in a specific time. So we can kind of get okay. When was this register happening? Yeah. Well, this is the first register in the governor Quirinius Chir- over Syria. Okay, cool. So there, I see when it's at. We know exactly when that was. But the reason why the lineages, all the different. Uh, what, what did you call them a second ago? All the different names in order. It is a lineage. The, yeah. Yeah. The so-and-so begat so-and-so. Begat so-and-so. And, yeah. and the reason why they're so important is because it's proving this next statement. It's proving that Joseph also went from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David. So it's showing to you that the prophecy from Christ, of Christ, is being fulfilled that he would yep. come from the line of David because not only was David from the line, uh, not only was Joseph from the line of David, but so was Mary. So we see a connection here that hey, they come from the line of David. Yet Mary and Joseph were like distant cousins. Mm. That's how it happened, which wouldn't have been not super a, weird. It's not there. a big issue. Insert favorite state joke here. I mean, it's just. Whatever you do, like these kind of ideologies and lineages back then, we have to remember the cultural differences between the two. Mm-hmm. I mean, we find it weird. They're members of our family. We grew up with them. Back in this time, these these people are nomadic. They lived in tribes. They walked around together. Yep. The people in your tribes were related to you in some way, shape, or form. So culturally speaking, it wasn't a bad thing. Mm-hmm. So always kind of remembering that. Remember, you know, really the whole... Uh, Cousins things became an issue during the medieval age with the kings and queens, yada, 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 because of mutations and things. But we're not going down that road today, but really kind of aiming towards this ideology that the lineages are important when it comes to Joseph and Mary, because we're looking at, hey, where are they from? Mm. You know, so knowing they're from the line of David. And not even that, there were many prophecies uh, in the Old Testament claiming that the Messiah would be born from the lineage of David. Um, even their promises from uh, God uh, to different people about the Messiah will uh, enter into the world through their bloodline and all that good stuff. Uh, go check that out. <laughs> We're not going to get super deep no, into that. We're but, not going to pull it too far apart here, but to understand, like, these first two characters that we're encountering here, Joseph and Mary, mm. you know, not only was it important that they come from the line of David because it fulfills the prophecy, but to really kind of grasp the fact 
who is Joseph and Mary in them in themselves? Oh yeah, Why, what's so important about them? Really, when you look at Joseph, what was so special about him? There's not really much that Scripture tells us. <laughs> like we only we from what we get, he was just some guy. And honestly, same with Mary. Mary's big deal was that she was uh, favored by God because she was faithful to God. And we kind of, when you only get like small pieces of information here, that's where we kind of struggle because mm-hmm. these are very common people. And it took Mary, who just had faithfulness. And we look at Joseph. What was so nice about him was you know, the heart that he had. You know, tradition, whenever your wife would, or your betrothed were to betray you in such a way to, you know, have a kid outside of wedlock. Let's be real. Think think about this, what you would think in modern times. Babies get made a certain way. Because and it's not it's not cool whenever you are promised to someone or uh, you are married or uh any kind of relationship like that to go and break that. Because <laughs> one, what's the primary reaction that we get when that happens? There's, well, I mean, there could be a few different, yeah. but it is always uh, some sort of break of trust, uh, an absolute destruction of that relationship, mm-hmm. uh, just anything and everything. Well, we have a whole industry based on that one action. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Maury Povert show, uh, Jerry Springer, all these different people, you, you are not the father. You know, this whole mentality, and the reason why they're so popular is because in those relationships, it is so volatile that they explode. There are tons of extreme emotions. We just, it's an explosion of so much. But when we look at Joseph, because that's the stereotype. If you get cheated on, you get hurt, you're... You normally to sadness or to anger very quickly yeah. and you explode, which is a natural reaction. But when you look at Joseph, when you found out that Mary is going to have a kid. And I mean, he didn't realize that at that time that that, was, that was, yeah. Well, you got to think about this. Your fiance walks up to you and says, hey, I'm having a baby and the Lord did it. You going to be like, what are yeah. you talking about? <laughs> You're going to get a little sassy with them, ladies. Excuse mm. me. Yeah. The Lord better did it. Otherwise, I'm going to find him. I'm going to beat him with a shoe or more. But mm-hmm. um, there's that kind of mentality. We really see that explosion. But when Joseph found out, his reaction was like, okay, well, you're pregnant. I'll divorce you quietly. Because in his time, the punishment for that was not just extreme emotion. It was stoning. It you, was death. You were uh, sentenced to death. Yeah. And it wouldn't have been just... We talked about it uh, whenever we talked about the woman caught up in adultery. Yeah. They would have stoned Mary to where she would have been broken into pieces by these huge rocks. And the kid, even, Mm -hmm. the child in the womb, would have no chance at life. No, it would have been gone forever. And it was this mentality that betrayal of that level was so devastating well as a husband you had the choice we i could either divorce you quietly or i could publicly stone you and very few times 
do we ever see the husband say, we can do this quietly. But that was Joseph's first reaction. Mm -hmm. So why was Joseph so special? It was because of his heart for people, before his heart for Mary. He loved Mary. He showed an exorbitant amount of love that you only find that quality within God. I love you so much that I'm not going to let you be hurt. I'm not going to let you deserve the punishment that you get, that you deserve here. Mm -hmm. I will divorce you quietly. But then the angel of the Lord came upon Joseph and said, hey, that's that's the Lord's kid. That is God the incarnate coming to earth. So that's why we really see Mary and Joseph. What's the importance here? Honestly, it's just our heart, her faithfulness, mm-hmm. and his him exhibiting characteristics of the Lord. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing because they're common people. They Absolutely. come from the line of David, yeah. But they they were from Nazareth. They're not kings. This, They're not queens. <laughs> you know, in the Bible, there are many times where uh, they talked uh, about Jesus. So what good can come from Nazareth? There is there is reason for that. <laughs> Nazareth, Nazareth was this tiny town out in the middle of nowhere with nothing there. And we have to keep that in mind that these two people would have resembled what the average person from Nazareth would be like. Yeah. Which, uh, if you've been on TikTok recently, a lot of people do those, like, what did, what did Mary look like in time? So they kind of did the artistic rendering of her. Mm. And you'll see, like, this veil over her face, like, different colors on her. It wasn't this stereotypical girl, brown hair, uh, very pale skin, with the blue and white cloth over her head. No, she would have wore colors of her tribe. She would have wore like would have had paint painted on her uh, fingers, different jewelry and things like that that represented who she was. She was a common person. We take this idea of common person and we think of very plain Jane. No, it's a common person from Galilee, common person of Nazareth. Somebody comes in that tribe. Somebody who comes from the line of David, mm-hmm. which is a royal bloodline. But in the sense, she was not a king or queen or a princess or anything. Nope, none of them were. So we find a very basic people. And so they come to be registered, come down to here to be betrothed, uh, because they're betrothed. And it came to be the time that she was to give birth to her firstborn son. Mm-hmm. In comes the next character of our story. The baby Jesus. <laughs> little eight pound, six ounce, little baby Jesus. We can say so much about the baby Jesus. I'm going to tell you this. Every pastor is going to tell you so much about the baby Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> well, we'll cut you some slack this time. <laughs> Only thing I really I would like to stress here is remember this is God the Almighty incarnate in human flesh. Mm-hmm. This is the moment where God became not only 100% God but 100% man all at the same time. This is the miracle child. And Try and wrap your brain around yeah. that, by the way. A hundred and a hundred does not equal one hundred. We're only a hundred where hundred percent is the only thing possible. Christ was two hundred percent. He was not natural, he was supernatural. Mm-hmm. Always remember that mentality. And you know, the big thing I really want to show you guys is why did he come here? What was his ultimate goal? He came born in a trough. Guys, we talked about it last week. Jesus came here for the explicit purpose that he was going to die. That's it. To die. 
to pay for our sins. He came to earth for you and me. Insert gospel presentation here. Mm-hmm. Because honestly, that's that's the gospel. That's what it is. You know, everybody, I always love, what's the gospel? You know, it's the death, burial, resurrection of Christ. It's, I believe it's the birth, life, death, burial, resurrection of Christ. Mm. The ascension and the coming after. Because really the, the word gospel means the good news. And this is really where we find the good news. It starts with the birth of Christ yep. and the promise of him coming back. Mm-hmm. But the center point is that cross what he did on that cross for us. So not, we're not trying to make light of that. Absolutely not. Please, please don't take this as, Oh, we're not real Christians. We're just skimming over Jesus dying for us. We are, we are not glancing over that by any means, because again, that's the whole reason Jesus was born. Yeah. That's the whole point of this ministry. Mm-hmm. But within that, we're not here to preach it, you guys. Absolutely. We're here to go through a Bible story. And we want to, you know, that that passage is two verses here. And the rest of that gospel message is shown in the next verses. Like mm-hmm. Christ is glorified in the next parts as well. Because the next people that we introduce to here is the shepherds. Oh, and the I shepherds. love this passage. Because it reads this verse 8. In the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord. So, shepherds, one. Shepherds. Angels, which, two. <laughs> by the way, just side note. Uh, the shepherds were keeping watch over their flock by night. Which means they were out in a field, probably. Um so please don't get confused thinking that Jesus was actually born on Christmas. Uh, actually, like, biologically born on Christmas Day, December the 25th. Because odds are that is not when it happened. It could have, well, however. We really do come down to evidence here. Like this, is, this will be a really good conversation for Ask a Pastor. But I'm going to hit this real quick for you, Kevin, because you got me amped up now. <laughs> Honestly, the reason why the date and time is so accurate is we have to remember that the birth time of Christ has been celebrated all the way back to 300 AD. You know, a lot of people think you know we took this thing from pagan rituals and things like that. So we got this time in place. Well, you know, in December in America. It's snowing, so how's the sheep being taken care of? Well, in December in the Middle East, it's not the same climate. It's, uh... Is it springtime there at that time? I I don't think it's springtime, but... It is close to that. I would not know exactly what season it is, but you gotta remember, the climate change is different, because the whole... Like, yeah, the... the uh, uh, Earth's... uh, Axis is tilted and all that good stuff. Just look it up, guys. <laughs> we're not time. scientists. See, this would be um, a good time for you guys to jump in. I'm like, hey, this is where a good place for you guys to look this up. Yeah, please. Here, thank uh, you. We're not. We're using the computer to record this. That's why we're not using it to look yeah, up anything right now. Which we'll we'll talk we'll about one day. that one day. But. but what really we come down to like this idea of the date and time of Christ. Mm. You know, we always say the odds are it's not that, but the odds are it's really close. Yeah, it could be very close. And so, like, I mean, 20 to 30 
in that range. But uh, that's but we don't know a hundred percent that no. boom Jesus was born on December twenty fifth. But we have to. I do want to push that we have to be careful with this mentality because that's where a lot of the lies, a lot of the atheists, a lot of people who are against Christians come to fight us. There, yeah, is that date and time? Well, to be honest, the date and time doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. We have. That's what I was trying to get to. We have picked. December 25th as the day that we celebrate Jesus being born. Mm -hmm. However that came about, however that happened, I don't know. But we have picked that day to celebrate. Well, I know. So, no. <laughs> Wait, got a degree. No, actually, I Googled it. But that's a whole different thing. Uh. But it, it boils down to... It's just like we would celebrate our birthday. Like if it fell during the week, we would celebrate it on the weekend. Well, it's kind of this meant. Yeah. What happens if you're born on a leap year? Exactly. You're gonna celebrate it on February. 28th. Exactly. I mean, so that kind of meant it, the birth, the day did not matter. I get where you're going. With that and uh, just throwing that out there because I have recently uh, been reminded that there are a lot of people out there who are ride or die about that. And we kind of talked about uh, we talked about uh, some of the things that you know, like church Karens or the church bullies or all that stuff uh, do whenever it comes to uh, this Christmas season. Um, guys, okay. So Wayne just went back to his bookshelf and uh, grabbed something, and he's. Looking it up real quick. Oh, no, no. I just went to grab my King James Bible because I'm going to be that guy today. So, I'm okay. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> oh, wait. Once again, guys, this is why we need to get on camera. Oh, Lord, help us. But uh, Let's go back to the shepherds. <laughs> I was getting there. <laughs> but as we look at the shepherds, one of the things I really like about this is you have to remember, like, what are what's so important about the shepherds? They, at this moment... They were watching over their flocks by night. Mm -hmm. So whatever time of year it was, they were watching over their flocks. They were doing their job, making sure that the sheep were okay. Well, when you look at like shepherds as people, like going to the cultural context of them, shepherds were seen as unclean through and through. Like there was no oh, yeah. way that they were able to be registered as anybody to the point that even in court, Shepherds were seen as un, uh, unadvised witnesses. They're not ones that you really bring into it. They could not be held accountable. Their their words were not admissible into court. Which is what I was saying. They were looked at. They were looked at as lesser people. Exactly, and it was because of what they did for a living. You know, they handled the animals. They were there to birth the children. They never really claimed themselves because they were constantly in the field. You know, mm -hmm. the one thing is about a shepherd. I always love this. Like, if you ever go to John chapter ten, which we will get there. When he describes the sheep gate, when he describes what it was like to put the flock into the uh, into the little housing area, which they would do is take stones and make a ring. And the shepherd would sleep in what was the gate because there was no door to it. He would be the mm -hmm. physical gate. So even when he slept, he was with the animals. He was with the sheep. He was with the flock. And guys, shepherds probably would have been pretty light sleepers, I would imagine. Oh, easily. Because... Sheep are stupid. Like, there's just not a better way to put it. Sheep are some of the d 
dumbest animals, I feel like. Have you seen the video where like the sheep got stuck in a crevice yes. and the shepherd pulls them out and he just runs to drive back into it? It makes my day. Because you're right. Absolute stupid animals. They'll get out anytime. But the thing goes about the gate is the sheep is going to try to get past you, but they're going to realize that you're blocking it. Only the thief comes over the wall, as we see in John chapter, chapter 10. Mm. But these people, these would not be the ones that you would go to get to witness anything because nobody's going to believe them. Absolutely. These are the people who cannot go to the temple to see the priests or go do their sacrifice. They had to get somebody else to go sacrifice for them because they were so unclean. And here we see in this moment, the angel of the Lord appeared to them. These people who were looked at as being worthless. Yeah, literally animals. You know, we always, you know. Within the culture today, we hear this, how people are treated like dogs. Like, you've been treating me like a dog. Back in this time, the Samaritans, those of Samaria, and people like the shepherds, people who are seen as lesser, were treated less than dogs. Mm -hmm. They were given scraps. So they'll give scraps to the dogs first, then to them. It's just that intensity of hatred and prejudice against these specific groups of people because of their notion that these people were unclean, that these people were less than. And so we can really kind of relate to that, you know, the cultural race war that we have going on within our within our country today. Mm -hmm. You know, we see that being in place. But in this time, that was common day. If you were not part of the elite status, if you were not, quote unquote, clean, you're treated as less than. So why are the shepherds? Well, we kind of go into verse nine here. The angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were filled with great fear. We have this moment where this next character pops into the story to the shepherds. Mm -hmm. And it's the angel of the Lord. Now, uh, Kevin, you and I had this conversation a couple minutes ago. But, you know, what does the angel really look like here? You always have. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, guys, I'm going to be real. I so badly want it to be one of the seraphim that showed up. Like the wings, the eyes, the whole nine yards. Just because I think that would be uh, deserving of the reaction that these shepherds give. Because like, every time we see that, like, you get that word. Uh, so, yeah, verse 10. And the angel said to them, fear not. Because let's be real. You see, we talked about it last week. Yeah. So I'm not going to go into the whole big spiel again. But you see one of those things, you're going to freak out. Oh, yeah. Because this wheel in the wheel with eyes covered. Wings, wings, wings. Like, you know, covering all the parts. Yeah, scary. But the thing is that we see here in this moment, uh, the word Greek word here used is angelos. Or I'm, I'm not very good at pronouncing Greek words, but it's angelos. It's where we get the word angel from. Mm -hmm. it means messenger of the Lord. Shows up in this moment. So uh, we've seen Gabriel be used already to Mary and Joseph. So I'm thinking either the same or equivalent to. Master shows up to these shepherds, which one. The glory of the Lord was shown about him. So that's going to be intimidating. But this uh, is, yeah, for sure. But this is really what kind of kicks me in the teeth. Is these shepherds are seen low as the low. And God sends one of his men messengers to manifest oh, yeah. before them. To deliver a message to these shepherds specifically. Very much in a similar way that he went to uh, Mary, mm -hmm. I believe. Because 
It was different from Joseph because Joseph was asleep and the yeah. angel showed up in his dream. But I think with Mary, it was actually in uh, physical form. Well, and it was uh, that angel's name as well. It was Gabriel. Yes, that was Gabriel. And, you know, this this moment that Gabriel shows up to Mary and the one to, sh- to the shepherds is that same starts off with the same words. Fear not because it is sudden. It's bright. Mm-hmm. Now, when we look at this moment, one thing is I want to ask the question. Um, how many shepherds were there? Yeah, and I'm going to ask this question so many times because this is really where we get some of the misconceptions within Scripture. Mm-hmm. Whenever you put up the nativity scene, you always see two little shepherd boys over there in the corner. One, nothing said shepherd boy. Oh, yeah, these very easily could have been grown fully men. grown men. Over there in the corner, because you got to remember, these are, this is at night. This is when predators would have been preying on sheep. This is when thieves would have stepped up. Mm-hmm. Generally, at the night shift, that's when the men would step up. During the day, when a lot of people would be around, a lot of people were able to be active, yes, the boys would tend to the flock. But this is when the men... You, you had to be ready for the throwdown. Yeah, because this is the fight. So this angel appears to, the, appears to them, and he offers this news to the unclean, in the mm-hmm. sense. He says, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that there will be uh, that will be for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. Now let's be real. How amazing of a sight would that be? Because we don't have just one angel showing up and delivering this message. We have that, and then a whole bunch of others showing up, just praising God, just in the middle of this field, and these shepherds watching all of this happen. The... I go, I go, (laughs) for real. I go back to like the video that like a grace of style of your band played uh, for this moment when, you know, uh, pastor Todd showed up, uh, y'all, uh, pastor Todd over at greenhouse. We were watching uh, grace of style did this, uh, awesome nativity presentation, like with their songs and everything that they played, they Mm -hmm. showed a video that goes along with their music and it was awesome. And one, yeah, the angel of the Lord that appeared unto them looked like Todd Humbert. I'll be a whole heart. But, uh, the scene was, it was just this one angel talking to the shepherds. All of a sudden, the shepherds were over there walking towards Mary and Joseph. Mm-hmm. And you're right here because it missed so much. And we miss so much when we picture this. Remember that this happened so many times. This part gets cut out because the sheer glory of Because not only is the angel showing the glory of God all about them, so pretty much dead and night. The only thing that's light in this world would be the fires they had lit to help protect themselves and give them a little warmth out in the cold. All of a sudden, the light filled the room. Like, they're outside. It fills around them because the glory of God shone. And then the host, a multitude of the heavenly hosts. Bunch of them. My thing is, everybody pictures, like, the standard church choir, like, in robes. 
no, that's not how it works here, people. Because I don't think it matches the sheer number. Oh yeah. Because you think heavily, you think of church choir, you think like 30, 40 people. No, this is a multitude of the heavenly host. This is when hundreds upon a hundreds angels appeared behind this messenger and began to sing praises to God. And let's be real. If this first angel wasn't one of the seraphim, there'd probably be a bunch of them showing up right about now. So oh, yeah. <laughs> Well, see, that's actually where we're coming down to the next like kind of angel because it doesn't call this one. Uh, the word in Greek here is not angelos. Mm-hmm. This is the word for host. This is the word for choir. This is the one for the singers. And the depiction of them is not always the prettiest either. Yep. <laughs> but my, see, the thing is that really gets me is the next time we really see the heavenly host really portrayed is in the book of Revelation. Mm-hmm. When John is trying to count the hundreds of thousands upon hundreds of thousands of angels all around him. Singing out, glory, glory, glory. This is the moment when the heavenly host, thousands upon thousands of angels, appeared to sing glory on God on the highest and peace on earth, goodwill to men. Mm-hmm. Like, just, just take that in for a minute. We've got all these shepherds just chilling out, and then boom, there's this one, and then boom, there's tons. Be the shepherds in this moment. Be so stunned. Because like my my favorite part of the story really comes up here in a minute. Oh, yeah. Can I read this to you? Because this... It says this. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, time out. They just saw thousands upon thousands of the heavenly host up here. It's all this angel of the Lord and glory shone around them. Mm-hmm. And they're like, dude, that was dope. But looked at each other and said, "Hey, let's go to Bethlehem and see the thing that has happened." All right, we should we should probably go check that out. <laughs> you know, the one that the Lord made known to us. Let, let's go check it out. Let's, we're gonna walk over there. No, see, the thing is, these shepherds are miles outside of Bethlehem. Mm-hmm. They're tending to the sheep at night out there, you know, a good distance away from Bethlehem. Mm-hmm. And so they just pack the crap up, say, "Peace out, sheep." All right, time to go. They go. We don't know about under-shepherds. We don't know about oh, yeah. other shepherds we, in the area. We don't know anything. Maybe maybe they took the sheep <laughs> with them. They probably didn't. Honestly. Actually, but they could have. It's possible. But all we know is they get their stuff and they get a move on. <laughs> they start booking it. Uh, verse 16 says, and they went with haste. And found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. These guys picked up their sandals and ran. <laughs> I always love that. Just you play, grab your flip flops. We going. I mean, <laughs> but guys, we say that jokingly, but for real, they they got to step. The the urgency was built so see honestly i'm gonna kind of step on my soapbox here for a second as i kick my microphone uh this is something that really gets me a lot with the church because here's shepherds those who are seen unclean those who are not welcome to come into the house of worship and when they were told about the baby jesus they ran with haste they did not hesitate the angels of the lord disappeared they said hey we gotta go it was that 
quick of a transaction, and they went with haste. I mean, they booked it. They didn't. They didn't stop and look at. Wow, we just saw all those angels. No, they're like we hey. just saw this amazing thing. Whoa, that's cool. Wow. Hey, maybe we should go see what they were talking about. No, they're like, hey, we gotta go. We gotta go see what the Lord's been done to us. And they got booking it. However, and I'm 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 gonna do this today. I'm sorry, I'm just gonna do this today. Um we can't get church members to come to church on Christmas. Mm-hmm. To come celebrate the birth of Christ, the one that they believed in Jesus to come and save them. They've accepted the gospel into their lives, but yet they won't get them to go to church. I guess they really need to start reevaluating their relationship with Christ because God showed up in their life more miraculously than the angels showed up in Shepherd. Because Jesus had appeared to those who have accepted Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit has entered within them. Mm-hmm. Yet an angel motivated these shepherds to go quicker than they do. And see, the thing is, when they saw it, verse 17, they made known to the saying that <laughs> made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondered them in her heart, and the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as they had been told to them. And at the end of eight days, with us circumcision, he was called Jesus, and the name was given to the by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. See, here's the here's the part of the story that really kind of kicks me. These shepherds not only went to Mary and Joseph to give a message about the Lord our Savior, but they were not these shepherds who were unclean. The ones who are not able to go to the temple to worship were the ones who used to give a message to the mother of Christ. Not only that, they were the first people to start telling other people about Jesus. This is the first missionary being yeah. established in Scripture. This is the first person, evangelist, going and telling people about Jesus. Yep. And they were seen as unclean. This is the why the shepherd was so important. Because the book of Luke really kind of aims towards the humanity of Christ. How he came for the lesser. And this is the moment when we really see the lesser pulled out. And then... Because, guys, in, in Luke, with uh, what we just read, yes, it was a miraculous event. But those were all ordinary people. <laughs> those... Those were all just anybody's you would see out on the street. But whenever we look in Matthew, Matthew uh, gives some different details about the story. Um, Well, one thing about Luke and Matthew is we have to remember who they are in this. Luke was a doctor. Luke was fascinated with the humanity of Christ. Matthew, scribe. Matthew was overjoyed with the deity of God. He, Matthew, Luke looked at God as God as a human, God as man. Then you have Matthew who looks at God as God as king. The one who came for the, the common people. Mm-hmm. The one who came to be the king of kings and lord of lords. And we really do pick up a Matthew over here chapter 2. Yeah, so when we go to chapter 2, 
verse 1 says, Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all of Jerusalem with him. And assembling all of the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. They told him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for so it is written by the prophet, And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judea, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For you shall come, a, for from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod summoned the wise men secretly and ascertained from them what time the star had appeared. We'll pause there and keep going in a minute. So right, right in all this, we get our first little taste of King Herod, mm-hmm. and we can kind of see the beginnings of some shenanigans going on um because herod was this king over this area and remember the messiah was thought of being this uh political and military leader that was gonna come in and annihilate anybody who was going to uh oppress the jews Mm -hmm. One thing, too, we have to make clear, because I know, like, in Luke, too, we already established, like, two other rulers here. Yes. So why is King Herod, like, so you have Caesar Augustus, who was over the Roman Empire. You have uh, the governor, Kyrenius, who was over this region. King Herod was a Jewish king. Yes. So we have to keep that in our mind. But, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. It can can get a little confusing, (laughs) talking about all the different names and political structures and... Yada yada yada. But that's really where like all of them kind of connect. That's why the his, the all the names were there was to why is Herod worried? Because well, he's king of uh, Jerusalem at this time. The Messiah was a direct threat yeah. to his reign, and uh, he uh, summons up these wise men from the east, and we will uh, who have uh, been coming this way because they saw the star. We yeah. talked about this a little bit last week. Well, so, go ahead. Sorry, I want to talk about the story here in a second. Go ahead. We're gonna we're gonna keep going here in verse eight. And he sent them to Bethlehem, he being King Herod, uh, saying, "Go and search diligently for the child. And when you have found him, bring me word that I too may come and worship him." After listening to the king, they went on their way. And behold, the star that they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. One thing that we really need to hit here, and because this is where like the big thing of nativity that bothers me the most was the star. Yes. Because everybody thinks the shepherd followed the star. No, the shepherds went into the town of Bethlehem looking for a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes. The shepherds knew exactly where to go. Yeah, because they were right outside, and the angel Mm. said, hey, go over there. These wise men are coming from miles away. The star did not happen. It did not appear until the birth of Christ. Yep. It was meant to be a marker specifically for the wise men. Remember, we talked 
we talked very briefly about how uh, the wise men weren't there when he was born because mm-hmm. the stars showed up when he was born and they had to follow. Yeah, exactly. So get getting that timeline is important because, yeah, as we said last episode, you need to put the wise men on the other side of the house. Yep. Because they still walking. Yep. <laughs> they getting to stepping. Uh, where was I? Uh, verse uh, 8, verse 9. Yeah, verse 8. Uh, to make coming worship him with King Herod. Uh, all right, verse 9. After listening to the king, they went on their way. And behold, the star uh, that they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. That's a lot of joy. Just throwing that out there. Rejoicing with great joy. That's a lot. Uh, 11. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother. And they fell down and worshipped him. <laughs> we just like really rushed over the reason why they were joyful. I'm sorry. <laughs> Jesus, they saw Jesus. They saw the star. They knew he was there. Well, see, the reason why the star was like they rejoiced with great joy when they saw the star was because when it was going before them, they obviously said, oh, this is a miracle from God. Because the star, for some reason, is in the same place. Wait a second. Stars move. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. It went before you. You can follow that. It's true. It doesn't work. It doesn't compute. Why? And it's because the Lord stepped up and said, hey, I made you a marker. Here's a star. Hey, looky here. Come on. Yeah. Well, it's like when I, whenever I write my notes, it's one of my favorite things to do. Like If I'm like, that's what I really need to hit. Star it. Oh yeah, everybody makes some, some version of, of their own star symbol whenever something important they write down. Sometimes it looks like a scribble. We never know, but hey. <laughs> I mean, it's close enough. But um, uh, continuing on, so they they've gotten to the house, which remember Jesus was born in the barn. Yeah. So why so did they get a house? We we already we already know this is after. Hold on. Uh, Where'd they get that house when they were born in a trough? I, I thought mm-hmm. I thought there was no more room in that inn. What happened? They, they're not at the inn. Well, they don't. They went to a house and they found themselves a place to stay. Um, so starting back again in 11 and going into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. Then opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. So, how many wise men were there? We don't know. We know there's three gifts. There are three gifts. There could have been a lot of gifts that were of these three kinds. How many wise men were there? We We don't don't know. Keep that in mind. It's the song We Three Kings or whatever. uh, We mentioned a lot of this in the last episode. We 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 were hitting a lot of it. I mean, it happened. Um, But the song We Three Kings was not written with the Bible right next to the writer, okay? (laughs) He he heard the story once. He's like, oh, three gifts, three kings. They're not even kings or wise men, but they would have been of some sort of royalty, but come on. So. And I, I want to make this this point. I want to make it clear that they had to 
bring these treasures from wherever they came from. Mm-hmm. So, so they saw this star. They knew that this was a miracle from God. And they knew that they were going to go find the Son of God. And they brought whatever they could offer to him mm-hmm. before they set out. Well, gold, frankincense, and myrrh have a specific uh, purposes and meanings behind them. Really comes down to the, like, the idea that gold and frankincense, like gold for a kingship, frankincense for a perfume, and myrrh was meant to be a burial place. So it's really kind of talk about how he's king, how he was man, and then how he was there to die. So within these like three gifts comes so much meaning. Mm-hmm. But we really kind of come down to this next part that nobody really grasps. Nobody really adds into the nativity. Yeah, we kind of like the multitude of heavenly hosts. Mm-hmm. This is another one of those parts that kind of gets left out. And this is a part that only Matthew talks about. Mm-hmm. Luke doesn't talk about this no, part. No, skips it. Um Back in verse 12, and being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. So, God or an angel or something, we don't know, warned them, hey, don't go to Herod. And so they changed their trip to where they go around his territory or whatever. Uh, to avoid him. And we'll pick up back in verse 13. Now when they had departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Rise, take the child and his mother and flee to Egypt and remain there until I tell you, for Herod is about to search for the child and destroy him. And he rose and took the child and his mother by night and departed to Egypt, and remained there until the death of Herod. This was to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet, Out of Egypt I called my son. Then Herod, when he saw that he had been tricked by the wise men, became furious, and he sent and killed all the male children in Bethlehem and in all that region, who were two years old or under, according to the time that he had ascertained from the wise men. Then was fulfilled what was spoken by the prophet Jeremiah. A voice was heard in Ramah, weeping and loud lamentation, Rachel weeping for her children. She refused to be comforted because they are no more. So we get all that. After that, they go back, uh, whenever Herod dies, they go back to Nazareth, and uh, that fulfills part of the prophecy uh, where uh, the Messiah would be called a Nazarene. One of my favorite things here, too, would we really see why well, this escape to Egypt. This is the second time that we've seen scripture during a massive purge of two years older or younger of the male children being wiped out. Because the first time we saw this was the story of Moses. Well, whenever Christ was born, he was called to be a new Adam. He was called to be the next Moses. I mean, he was supposed to be the the one to be the fulfiller of Adam's mm-hmm. promise. And he was supposed to be to come out to be the last prophet because Moses was the first. Yeah. Well, not the first. Sorry. Abraham. 
But when we really see this like change here, when we see this comparison to it, out of Egypt did God call his people from to save them from Egypt and into Egypt he sent his son so that he could be saved. And we see a lot of parallelisms here from the Old Testament with the New Testament because yes. we have to realize for the authors of this time and for God the Almighty, he was trying to show to the Jewish people and to the Gentiles, so he was here for both of them. Here's how the Jewish history connected with the gospel. Guys, all of the Old Testament points to Jesus. Every last ounce of it. That is, you know, I know a lot of people, uh, a lot of Christians, uh, don't put a ton of value in studying the Old Testament, but get in there because all of it points directly to who Jesus is. Well, it was so important to Jesus that Jesus referred to it so many times. Absolutely. Like my favorite uh, phrase, I'm trying to remember what chapter in the book of John we saw it. And, but as uh, a serpent had to be lifted up onto a pole in Egypt for those to be saved, uh, in the wilderness for those to be saved by Moses, mm-hmm. so must the Son of Man be raised up. It was this mentality that that was leading to the direct parallel of the crucifixion yes. for the healing of the people of God. Mm-hmm. And y'all, it is so important because it's all connected. You're right. It's like we called it the golden thread. Guys, we we just read in uh, that little chunk of scripture, I think it was three different times how in just the, each of these little parts – some sort of prophecy from the Old Testament was fulfilled. Mm-hmm. And that is, you could look all through the Old Testament and you can see so many times direct connections with, hey, that's Jesus. And we, we call ourselves the New Testament church so often. We use, we use the term New Testament church. Big C church, universal the problem is with that is we're not the New Testament church. We are the church. Only time we're ever referred to, we're the body of Christ. And we have to constantly remind ourselves that, that yes, we love to be the Acts 31 church, I think is what it was, or Acts 29. Acts 29 church, sorry, because there's only 28 chapters in Acts. We're supposed to be the next story of the, of the apostles of Jesus, the next story of the disciples. The problem is, is that story started in Genesis. Mm-hmm. It all matters. That's why every scripture is meant for a proven rebuke and for correction and for guidance, as Paul calls us to do it. So get into your word, guys, because as you saw, we went through these stories real quick. I mean, probably took like an hour and something, but we went through these stories together, and there's so much that me and Kevin are able to pull from other texts, and so much that Luke and Matthew were pulling from other texts. They were explaining to you the prophecies before them. Yeah. If at their time, you would have known these texts so well that you would have gathered the prophecies. But in today's age, not a lot of us do. We take the benefit of having the Bible and a device in our pocket at all times. So we can quickly look it up, having access to Google and quickly looking up. But we're supposed to guard ourselves, guard our hearts, put the scripture within our heart. We're supposed to do this to help us better ourselves and strengthen ourselves and also be more founded in the word of God. So as we went through these stories, one big thing, get in the stories. Read chapter 1 of both Matthew and Luke. Learn the other part of the Gospels. Learn everything that we're reading. We encourage you guys in our John study as well, our book of John study, that you guys are to read along with us. Because we're not here to read you the Bible. We're here to talk about the Bible. We're here to 
go deeper. Again, guys, we're we're wanting to be the big small group, and whenever you any good small group, we're gonna be in that uh, circle of communication. Mm-hmm. There will be uh, different people bringing up different ideas. Uh, there will be different uh, questions about things, and guys, um, send those to us. We've got Facebook and Instagram at Food at the Table podcast. We've got Twitter at Food at the Table. Wayne's up on TikTok at Rev Wayne. We've got the email Food at the Table podcast at gmail.com. We say that every time. So that way you guys can understand that uh, we we have those things for you to utilize. So that way we can help you grow. And honestly, you guys can help us grow. Yeah. Because one thing, yeah, we might have time in the church. We might have been raised with the scripture. Mm-hmm. You know, I went and pursued it. I'm a pastor. I get this. But there's stuff that we miss all the time. Mm-hmm. And just because... We have this history. Does not mean that we don't need y'all as much as you guys need us. Absolutely. Just jump on in, and mm-hmm. y'all. Big thing. We always talk about. We always do at the beginning and the end. We do our social medias. Please don't think that's for marketing. As Kevin just said, that is to help build this relationship together. Mm-hmm. Reach out, guys. Well, with that, guys, we want to wish you guys a very merry Christmas. Absolutely. We hope you guys take this time to spend time with your family and spend time in worship with God the Almighty. Please, please, please. And thank you so much for being a part of Food at the Table and the Small Group Podcast with Rev and Kev. Mm-hmm. Until our next episode, which will be right before the new year hits. We've got one more. We've got one more for this year, guys. <laughs> We're almost there. Uh, almost 2021 is almost done, y'all. But be in prayer for us as we pray for you guys. Uh, please be in prayer for me as my journey comes up this weekend. Yep. Maybe it'll be a It'll be a time. But with that, we love you guys. We ask and pray that you guys have a fantastic time. Absolutely. Until next time. We love you. Bye. Merry Christmas. Bye.